Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Disco Champion Radio Season 3, Episode 20. Today, we're going to be talking about building your personal brand with social media. And I am Kim Austin from the Collaboration Team. With me is Lauren Friedman from Absolutely Everything Team. Hi. And DC and IoT, because she likes letters. And we're here to facilitate conversation led by our kind and wonderful host, Dennis Heim. And Ed Walsh. Dennis, Ed, introduce yourselves. Alrighty, my name is Dennis Heim. I work for a large Cisco partner, which you can uh, Google and figure out which one it is. Um, but I do a little bit of this social stuff, and I can and will tweet on anything. Live events are preferred, but we'll tweet on anything. Ed? Hi, I'm, I'm Ed Walsh. I work for a large Cisco partner as well called uh, EMC, or uh, called EMC for, for this this month, I guess. Um, and uh, I'm pretty active on social media as well on a number of different platforms. So excited to uh, have this discussion today. Great. And we have a whole bunch of other great people on the call. And you guys chime in with responses or questions as you go, or use chat to do it if you'd like to do it a little more quietly. And let's start with the all question. It, a lot of people use social media for all sorts of things to, you know, tweet their food, take Instagrams of their feet at beaches and things like that. But how are you guys using it to, from a business perspective, as far as building your Technical, your social brand, meaning your your street cred in the in the industry. So this is Dennis. I'll go first. I pretty much use it to tweet anything. I, so I generally use Twitter because it's a really easy way for me to maintain a level of cadence and continual messaging all the time and in all time zones. Um, but so I'll generally tweet about little things, anything of what Kim mentioned, from basically what I'm doing to stuff I'm working on outside of NDA stuff, you know, anything is pretty much fair game for what I'll post about. Um, it's both in a both business and personal nature, which I think, you know, is key to understand around social is they are, you're essentially dealing with people. People want to interact with people and not corporate drones. Um, so, you know, bringing in, you know, what are you working on, you know, both, you know, vacation stuff that you've seen, interesting stuff like that, I try to bring in so you get the full picture of who I am and what do I do? Um, but you know, pretty much anything and everything is you know what I'll try to build messaging around. Obviously, collaboration is what I focus mostly around. So, anything of what's going on on the Cisco collaboration space, I'll try to provide my insight in and around. And so I'll pass it back. So I, this is Ed. So I think um, you know Dennis uh, had a 
interesting point there, right? When we talk about social media, there's a number of different uh, tools and channels that people use. You know, uh, Dennis mentioned Twitter as an example. Uh, I tend to use Twitter as sort of my uh, stream of consciousness. Um, you know, who I, who I've been talking to, something I found interesting, um, maybe some information that I want to be able to quickly share. Uh, obviously, you're limited to 140 characters. You know, bring some attention to uh, something that's going on, maybe a, a new release or a point of view somebody put out. But then I use other channels. Uh, I have a personal blog. Uh, I use Typepad for hosting my uh, uh, my blog, um, where I I can get a lot more uh, a lot more verbose about uh, different topics and points of view that I, that I may have. That uh, then you know, uh, often leads to a further discussion. Uh, I know other people use platforms like LinkedIn for uh, sharing some, you know, more deep thoughts on, on different topics. But I think when you think about social media and building your brand, I think it's actually, you know, you're going to have multiple brands and you're going to use multiple different uh, platforms to, um, uh, for, to uh, talk about uh, different topics and, and ways that you will communicate. So now I'm wondering, do you find that one or other of the platforms you use has been more impactful to your life, um, or, you know, specifically your, your brand that you're creating? Have you found, was it Twitter, was it blogs, um, or have they impacted differently? Yeah, so they definitely impacted differently. You know, as an example, you know, I think Twitter uh, it's been a great help in building up um, uh, my network of people um, that I have access to and or, you know, other professionals that you might want to interact with that, um, you know, have deep subject matter ex expertise. Like if, if, I have a, uh, if I have a question about uh, collaboration or, you know, I want to learn more about a, a topic that's related to collaboration, you know, I know I can easily reach out to somebody like, like Dennis. Um, and, and, you know, I've met him through Twitter, and there's several other examples of, of different people with different subject matter expertise uh, that, I, that I've met through Twitter. Um, and, it, you know, I think that's different than some of the other platforms um, and uh, how you utilize those. And, I mean, you know, a lot of it, you know, depends what you're trying to get out of the, the platform as to which one really is better. Um, I mean, there's a lot of folks that, um, you, you go to their Twitter pages, and I swear I swear they have a bot running that literally just retweets everything it can possibly find. And you find out, oh, they have, you know, 30,000 tweets, and you go and look, and there's no re real original content. And, you know, that's something I try to tell people. Okay, retweeting, that's great if you actually believe it. I mean, I've even seen people that on their Twitter page, it actually says retweets don't imply support. And then what's, what's the purpose at this point? So you just retweeting stuff to retweet it? Um, now, I, what I like to do is instead of just click like, I like to do a quote and then provide my own input, right? Because I think really what the value of the community is to get some type of conversation started. Now, it can be a little entertaining to have a conversation in 140 character strings, but conceptually you're trying to get some conversation going. So if you're trying to build your brand, you're really wanting to get connected and build relations, not just with leaders in the industry, but with people that are active and reply and have conversations about lots of things. 
because then you're going to start getting more people that are following and they'll they'll start following you because hey these are some interesting conversations whether they're technical or you know okay maybe on the weekend you like playing with iot stuff well if somebody kind of likes iot stuff they're probably going to follow you because that's kind of cool so i'm in marketing for better or worse so part of we don't my hold role that against you, Kim. <laughs> thank you so part of my role is is to push out messages for for Cisco. Um, but for instance, I'm judicious about, I mean, I could push out data center and security and service provider and all that. So as far as my my social brand under Cisco Kima, you know, I focus it on the content that's going to be interesting to my, who I perceive as my audience. So I focused on collaboration and that's how I get followers. Um, but I also throw my personal opinion and my love for collab goat in there and all of that. So how do you guys balance personal and professional in your in your handles or do you have multiple handles? I have a whole separate Twitter handle where I can say what I really, 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 really want to say, um, which I can't always do when I'm being Cisco Kima. Kim, do you take care um, do you uh, do you take care of um, Cisco branded uh, Twitter accounts or social media accounts as well, or is it just your personal one? Um, I have someone who works on my team who handles the Cisco Collab handle. Mm -hmm. handle. So <laughs> I indirectly take care of it. I, I tell people what to do. <laughs> so, so, maybe, so if you wouldn't mind, maybe you could comment on what's the difference between the content that gets put out through the Cisco branded accounts versus what you put out in your own personal or in your in your uh, account. So on the Cisco branded ones, those tend to be it's the party line and it's more, you know, here's the article, it's almost always Cisco content. Um, but those accounts are also listening. So for instance, uh, during Cisco Live and if you, you you guys got a lot of feedback, you can that was a more personal approach than a lot of the this um, corporate handles have a lot of the time, but usually the, the personal thing is usually in, on the replies and such. Um, but those tend to be more messaging and, and push and less conversational. Whereas on Cisco Kima, I can provide my, you know, I'm still representing Cisco in a lot of ways, but I'm also gonna put some of my personal stuff in there. And when I'm looking at content, like kind of like what Dennis said, I'll pull a pull quote out of it or something that I think is most important other than, you know, instead of a read the new white paper, it, you know, I'll pull a stat out of there that's interesting that I think is adding value rather than just saying, hey, there's a new piece of content. Um, and different uh, corporate handles have handled that, even at Cisco handles things in different ways. Yep. Based on who manages them. So Lauren is another good person to ask that question because she's got her hands in all of those too. Well, I actually. Well, and I, I, okay. well, I think one important thing for those that are listening that are trying to figure out how to do the social thing is understand that behind most of these corporate handles, um, like for example, Cisco Live, Cisco Collab, and even your individual company ones, there are actually generally one to a handful of people that actually represent that handle and they're good people to actually know at a level other than just the handle because then you can really link up and really push the power of 
social by kind of working as a team. So it's good to know who the who the wizard is behind the curtain, right? Yes. We marketers are people too, even if we don't seem like it. So, so Lauren, I think we uh, you you were just going to comment on how you've managed not to get fired using uh, social media so far. This is like my favorite topic ever. How Lauren doesn't get fired. Um, I mean, so when I ran various social accounts for Cisco, and it actually I started this as a security account in like 2008, um, and Basically, for the first two years, every bit of information that people would send my way would be, oh, hey, I just heard about this thing called Twitter. Apparently, you're doing it. Make sure you don't share confidential information, um, which got old real fast, but it was kind of amusing. So I would usually just share stuff that we were producing that I found interesting. So it was much more curated by what I was kind of interested in, but I also started following a bunch of security people who I found both fascinating and hilarious because they tend to have a great sense of humor like these folks on this call as well. Um, as we've gotten a bit more organized, obviously as a company, in fact, significantly more so, it's become much more, I think, focused on making sure that the key messages from Cisco are being presented um, and some, you know, they do try, I've seen, to do things in kind of a fun or interesting and intriguing manner um, while still sticking to ensuring that, you know, key points get shared. So um, whereas my personal account, I still mostly just share what I find interesting and amusing or something I want folks to, you know, hear about or sometimes just random thoughts or things I see that are highly amusing. Um, but I'm seeing actually a question in the chat, uh, can we talk a little bit about netiquette? For example, you know, what do you guys choose? How do you choose what you're posting on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter versus uh, is there a line of stuff you don't share besides the obvious of, hey, you're not going to bash your company, you don't have death threats, those types of things, which I think most people should inherently understand. But you know, how do you decide what goes where and how much to share? I, I think that's part of I think that's part of your brand um, in some of the things that you need to think about. Uh, I think you need to be authentic in anything that you're doing. Um, and I think people will see through that pretty quickly um, if you're if you're not authentic. I think it's important for you to have a point of view. But in terms of you know what you share on social media, uh, professional versus personal. I think that's, you know, some of your brand. I, I follow people that, um, you know, are completely transparent in their personal and uh, uh, professional life. And, you know, I follow a lot of people that uh, kind of segment the two, um, kind of like Kim was, was mentioning. So I think that's something you need to think about um, as you – uh, as you build up your brand, you know, what should people expect? What should your audience expect that you're going to be talking about? Because that will help determine whether or not that they, they follow you. Um, and I think there's, uh, you know, people look for consistency from, from uh, different folks. So, you know, when I follow different people, uh, again, I'll pick on Dennis. You know, I know he's going to talk a lot about collaboration, right? So, um, you know, that's what I expect him to be talking about if he – all of a sudden had a lot of um, 
uh, posted a lot of opinions about quantum computing. Um, you know, I probably find that you know somewhat interesting, and not sure that I would I, I would necessarily uh, be as interested in, in following them. So, you know, I think that's uh, something that's important to to be consistent on the on the channel that you're on uh, with your brand. And that's not to say you can't change it over time as well, right? Obviously. In the IT profession that we're all in, uh, technologies change, things that you're working on change. Uh, but I think you know, as you do those transitions, being consistent is something that's uh, that's important. Yeah, and I think you know, part of it all, as your job roles change, as you move throughout your career, will also change what you want to talk about. Because, for example, most of the stuff that I I used to do delivery field work for collaboration stuff. Now I mostly deal with proof of concepts, executive briefing stuff, which there's really not that a whole much of excitement to really tweet about. So I generally focus on more industry trends and you know what's going on from Cisco. And as far as like the whole breakdown between personal and professional, I would say Twitter is probably 75% professional. Um, generally the most you really see about me personally is if I have grilling something out that looks pretty yummy, maybe I'll take some pictures of that. Um, or of course, if we're uh, trying to uh, further build up the brand of Collab Goat, right? Um, as, as we've kind of proven within this group and from Cisco Live, um, social media does not have to be actual people. We can cre create entities and true little marketing symbols all by themselves, which is a whole, whole other experiment, which is kind of interesting to itself. Um, I, I find um, social media to be, ex it's exciting because it's different from the usual engineer perspective, right? Engineer, you're going to go. You're going to double check everything 20 times, make sure it's exactly right before you put it down on paper. And with social, since it is more of the marketing side, you, a lot of times it's just seeing, you know, what sticks. You know, you don't really filter it out that much. If you filter it, then you won't have a whole lot of messaging to say. You know, oh, what if somebody doesn't like what I'm saying? I don't care. Then they don't have to read it. So on that note, and I've often found people who are trying to get into social, new to Twitter or blogging that especially higher level folks like VPs, et cetera, are very concerned that something they say will get out there on the ethers and it will be wrong. Um, and generally I just say, hey, you know, before your first hundred tweets, no one will care what you're saying or pay much attention. So just go wild. How did you guys, you know, when you first got into Twitter or whatnot, did you have a hurdle that you had to get overcome? A like shyness hurdle or a self-filtering hurdle? I mean, you know, I guess part, you know, is really, I mean, I was a little bit shy to begin with, and it kind of culminated with, you know, really establishing myself at my company, and I think social helped do that. Um, but it just it was kind of the realization that you just have to put yourself out there, and, you know, social media, I, I kind of refer to it as it's the, uh, the, the safest form of rejection you can possibly have because you don't got to look somebody in the eye. Um, but, I mean, you just get over it and you're like, well, you know, it'll be what it is and move forward. I mean, you have to learn somewhere and your first couple hundred tweets is a great, great place to learn learn that. And, you know, just, I'd say, you know, also find some mentors or people that have a really good following that are active on social and kind of look at them kind of, if you will, as a social mentor. I mean, obviously converse and build a relationship with them but also see what they're doing. What do they tweet about? Because I think one of the big things that, that social lets you do is maybe have personal relationships 
with people that you normally wouldn't know anything about, right? They might be people in your industry that you generally aren't going to run into, but all of a sudden you know that, hey, they went on a camping trip or they went and did this, which when you happen to meet them for those couple that first time, all of a sudden you have something you can talk about. Dennis, I think that's a that's a great point. I, I know, you know, when I started when I got started on social media a few years ago, you know, the, the intimidation factor of, hey, I'm willing to say this to five of my friends, but when I put it out on Twitter, you know, potentially millions of people are looking at it, and you know, the reality is, is millions of people are not looking at what my what my tweets are or my thoughts, but you know, certainly the the opportunity is out there. I think, you know, one of the things that I learned is, um, you know, it's okay to be, it's okay to make mistakes and, and be wrong. Uh, I think just like any other social setting, uh, if if you've done something wrong and you admit it um, and you learn from it, um, you know, I think the community is, is pretty supportive of that. I think if you're a jerk uh, in, in trying to make your point that you're going to get the medicine that uh, you deserve with that. Or at least but, be a uh, smart jerk. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, I think I know it's using, using social media to prove how smart you are, um, that's probably not a brand that, that you want. Um, but if, you know, you're using social media to improve your knowledge um, and, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're not an expert at the topic, that's, you know, one of the great things that social media can provide to you is the ability to be able to find stuff out and to, to leverage the greater community. I think at the same time, you also want to be able to uh, helping people out, not kind of putting them down. That's a good point. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the whole etiquette thing, I think that's a great, uh, you know, a great point. Uh, but again, I think it comes back to, you know, following the same rules of social etiquette that you would in any other community, right? Treat treat the others as you would like to be treated. Um, I, I think I think in a lot of cases, social media has gotten, uh, you know, at least in the community that I built, um, has gotten a uh, has kind of frowned upon, you know, some of the uh, tweet wars and and those types of things that were popular. I think a few years ago, I see a lot less of that. So we're not expecting anybody, any like Taylor Swift, Kim Kardashian stuff between Cisco and Microsoft. No, I probably won't just be following them. It, you know, it probably happens a lot more, but uh, you know, that's not really my uh, that's not really my crowd that I follow. <laughs> so, and this goes to anybody on the in the audience, so to speak. Has your role your your job role changed at all as a result of becoming involved in, in in social media? I mean, I know mine has, but how about for you guys? Has that opened any opportunities? Do you get to go to more events or you had the job offer of the century or, you know, has that changed your role within your current organization at all? I think, you know, Kim, uh, I think all of us have the opportunity to be Cisco champions and, you know, part of, I think, being a, a champion is uh, people participating in, in the social media community. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, uh, there's certainly been a lot of programs that, 
I've been able to participate in because uh, I do participate in uh, in the social media communities out there. Um, so you know that certainly created some new opportunities for sure. Um, so I will, Dennis. I will say it it has changed my role. Um, I mean, I kind of have a unique role with the whole POC EBC thing, but in addition to that, I do a lot. Obviously, a, very present in the social community, which has you know opened up a lot of avenues both within my organization, the industry as a whole, and also at Cisco. I mean, you know, I mean, honestly, when you start really working the the social pieces of it, you start getting plugged in into the marketing people, and they they become your friends, and they open many doors to organizations. I mean, you know, at Cisco, right? We've been we've been talking, you know, get in the lines of business, no, because the CMOs have a bigger checkbook and more ability to move things than the CIOs do, and you know, social just plays right into that capability. And I mean, it just opened a lot of doors for me, you know, getting in contact with people that I wouldn't necessarily, you know, be working with in the past. I mean, I I, I got into social what would have been during Cisco Live when I was in San Francisco, so three years ago. I, I honestly, I was like, hey, there's some people doing social, um, you know, they're, they're getting awards, they're getting other stuff, you know, hey, I want to do something with this, right? And so I started getting into it and then building relationships, you know, and getting into the Cisco Champions program and just kept getting bigger and bigger and, you know, you know, I won the you know one of the capes at Cisco Live, and you know that's kind of the culmination. You know, it's it's hanging on the wall; you can't see it. Um, but you know, at Cisco Live, you know, got to give a talk on social. Um, I'm giving a talk on social this Thursday at my company. They, uh, the engineers don't know it. I kind of hijacked one of their engineering meetings, but you know, they'll find out soon enough. We should expect. So it's, it's Brad here. If I can chime in, if that's Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, as far as changing role, yeah, definitely my, my role has changed. The marketing folks want me to do a, a bit more uh, blogs and, and videos. And the one thing that uh, we've noticed a trend is, is white papers seem to be going out, and it's more of having videos uh, that are replacing the white papers. And I just wonder if anybody else has that same type of, of trend that they see in their organization. And then the last point is, is within um, uh, the company I work for, uh, we actually put um, our salespeople through uh, uh, three different days of, of about uh, two to three hours a, a day on um, how to do social media. So we're encouraging people to do blogs and, uh, and that type of thing. So we're really grasping the whole social media thing. That's what we are. Hey, Brad, this is it. I, I think that's really interesting, uh, your, your point about, um, you know, the changing types of media that uh, – uh, people use. I, I'm finding that you know less and less people are, are interested in reading uh, multiple screens of a of a written blog, um, and are much more interested in consuming you know a short amount of text with a you know three to five minute video um, than uh, you know than I, I've seen in the past. So I, I think that you know one of the things that I've been working through is from a branding perspective is what's 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 the type of content that you want to deliver on uh, you know these different different platforms and you know how that's going to change over time I think even the platforms that we're talking about um, 
you know, I have uh, I have a couple twenty-year-old uh, uh, children, and uh, they mock you know Twitter and blogs and LinkedIn and, and those sorts of platforms. There's certainly other platforms out there that are reaching uh, different aged audiences as well. Um, so I, I think those are always things that um, we need to be thinking about from a social media brand perspective as well. But now if we're doing videos or, you know, infographics instead of white papers, is there any fear that you're losing some of the ability to share nuance? Or do you though – yeah, go ahead. Well, I think through video you actually get to, to share, you know, more context. You know, Lauren, I know you do the Engineers Unplugged uh, videos and things, and, you know, I think it's uh, maybe the right combination is – those types of videos where you're able to share some nuance and context and reference the, the white papers um, where you can get, you know, deeper information and, um, uh, you know, reference specific, you know, configuration uh, types of things that are a little harder to communicate through video or audio. So have you guys done anything over the few years? Um, you know, tr have you had any tactics that you tried for specific brand building that you then either expanded upon or had to change? I mean, do you look at it with specific tactics? Um, so I'll go first. Um, I don't really have a, a tactic other than I want to communicate with as many people as humanly possible. That's the general theory behind it. Um, so, you know, any real way to do that, um, you know, what people are interested in, you know, I just keep, you know, coming out with new and interesting content. Um, tweeting live events is probably the, the best way to really drive a following that I found. Or, you know, any big convention like Cisco Live, I mean, that's probably the highlight of, if you will, my social media career um, on a yearly basis are those types of large conventions. Otherwise, I'm just the, I'm just Collab Sensei who lives in the middle of cornfields. Mm, corn. <laughs> Anyone yeah, else I certainly think, uh, as Dennis pointed out, the uh, you know as you're attending uh, different events, um, you know I think there's a lot of value for people that are um, you know either not attending the event at all um, or attending remotely. I think I think we had some Cisco champions this year that you know uh, attended Cisco Live virtually that were pretty active on, on social media as well. And, um, you know, I, I, thought, I thought they were pretty effective in uh, the dialogues that, uh, that I saw on, uh, on social media around. I think Priscilla was uh, one of the folks, uh, one of the Cisco champions that did a really good job during Cisco Live, um, even though I uh, – and Zoe, I think, as well, you know, were uh, remote from the uh, actual event. Uh, this is Priscilla. I was actually there. Sorry, I didn't get to meet you. <laughs> I was there in person. Well, you did, but in you other did years, I have not been there in person, and I tweeted a lot. Awesome. Well, you did a great job. Thank you very much. How do you? You know, when we were talking about um, video versus uh, text, basically, one thing I found is, um, especially writing lab guides, and I've written a lot of lab guides. 
if you get to the point where you're explaining a really complicated graphical user interface with words, it just doesn't work anymore. And a little short video works really well for that. Yeah, I, I think what's interesting is, uh, I don't know if anybody else has opinions on this or, or done any any testing or research on this. It, there seems to be that, you know, sweet spot of no more than three minutes, uh, certainly absolutely no more than five minutes for those types of videos. Everybody seems to want those, you know, short, you know, three to five minute max uh, type, types of videos as part of it versus, you know, a longer 15, 30 minute uh, type of video that, uh, you know, it's been typical of the past, you know, recording a session or something like that. I think a lot of people necessarily want to sit through, you know, a 30 minute video, but uh, I think the consumption of that, you know, three to five minute video seems to be uh, pretty popular. Hi, it's Brad here. I have a question for, for Lauren, if you're there, Lauren. Uh, I think you sent out a, a tweet uh, a while ago, and it did have uh, a radio button option in there. Could you talk about that, the effectiveness of that, and, and a little bit about that feature? Oh, do you mean the Twitter polls? That's correct. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I was having a friendly discussion with one of my colleagues about if we should create one thing or another, um, and so I thought, hey, I know people on Twitter, and they're the type of people we're creating this stuff for. Let me ask them and see which ones they actually prefer. And so I just, you know, did a quick poll. Hey, you know, help me out here. Which would you prefer, A or B? And um, and then also option C was something else, which I suggested could be candy, but that was just me being silly. Uh, and I was actually really heartened and surprised to see that we got a, you know, a fair number of responses, more than five. Um, showing, you know, hey, people actually do care about these types of things, and there was a very strong preference expressed. So I was able to then take that back to my team and say, hey, it's only been about 48 hours, but, you know, people are clearly focused on one item versus another. Let's stay with that. And so it was kind of nice to be able to do kind of, I guess, real-time feedback. So is that what you were thinking? Yeah, I, I thought, uh, first of all, I was not aware of that, feature in Twitter, so that was one good thing. The other is the effectiveness of, of getting, you know, response within 48 hours to something that, you know, before that would have taken days or weeks. Yeah, so I mean, actually I, I had I about 50 responses the next morning, and then I just kind of kind of waited a little bit, but yeah. I guess if uh, Dennis or, uh, or Ed, if you can chime in, have you used uh, Twitter polls? Um, I have not. Um, I responded to Lauren's poll. I knew that. Thank you. Yeah, same here. I haven't I haven't used them, um, but I've participated in a number, of course, including Lauren's. Um, I'm sure it was a test to see who who was responding to her. But, so um, oddly enough, it doesn't show you who responds, except for in if you actually reply. But it doesn't say, uh, okay, these people have marked this option. Which makes me very sad. That's a feature request to Twitter. <laughs> hey, hey, Laura, well, I, I mean, well, I mean, you know, we're talking about Twitter. I think it'll be interesting to see, right? As Snapchat continues to grow, that seems to be the darling at the moment of this week. Um, you know, what's what's Twitter's take on that? You know, do they ever, you know, add video as a 
option for tweeting. I don't know, right? You know, I mean, people seem to want to communicate. People want to communicate with others on video, but they themselves don't want to be on video. They want the other person to be on video. That's something that I've noticed on a lot of conference calls. You know, we have more of the telepresence, the video stuff with WebEx. They want the they want the presenter to be on video, but they don't they don't themselves don't want to be seen. So I don't know. Maybe that changes over time. They have some some of us have a face for audio, not video. <laughs> so one of the other topics that came up in the conversations at Cisco Live and Social was blogging and using blogging um, in the in the same way. Some people consider blogging separate from social. Some people consider it social, but building your brand. And I thought it was interesting. It was Justin or Dustin because they were both sitting next to me. We talked about how really had a lot of success in learning by writing what he's learning because if he he learns better if he has to explain it to has to explain it to somebody else. So he started blogging as he was learning things, and as that using the blog as the way to explain. It. And he's really gotten a strong following of people um, that way by writing about these technical topics and providing that technical guidance and perspective on, on the events. And I've seen quite a few people who on this call, you know, either blogged during or after Cisco Live about their experience and what they learned and whether the Continental Breakfast was okay or not. And, you know, so, you know, providing your technical expertise and as well as your opinions, do any of you on the call today, have any perspective on blogging as a in, in this way and building your brand? So, so this is that Kim. I'll, I'll go first. I, I definitely feel as though blogging is an important part of of uh, my social media branding. Um, it gives me the opportunity to uh, you know put down a more thoughtful um, discussion on uh, the topic uh, that I have, whether it's you know, a technology that I'm learning or a point of view that I'm, uh, I'm forming. And, you know, I agree with Dustin that, you know, one of the key things that blogging uh, offers to me is is the ability to um, really think through a topic um, as, you know, as part of the blogging process. I also find it uh, very helpful to read other people's blogs as well um, to, you know, stimulate some thoughts around, you know, what are other people thinking or what are, you know, other people's points of view, whether I agree with them or, or don't agree with them or, um, you know, uh, you know, agree with different parts of, of what they're talking about. Yeah, so I, I personally don't really blog that much. I really haven't had a lot of time to put stuff around it. So I kind of cheat from a blogging perspective and just provide uh, comments and feedback back to people that are taking the time to write the articles. And sometimes it's as simple as, that's a really nice art article and referencing them, right? It doesn't sometimes have to, you know, be the aha moment, you know, something real prophetic. Sometimes it can just be a kudos or congratulations, awesome work, awesome job, or that's really cool. Um, so that's, that's how I handle the blogging piece. I think the key thing is to have a point of view, right? Um, I think Dennis was mentioning this earlier about, you know, you'll see some people in Twitter or social media platforms, you know, just retweeting or, um, you know, forwarding uh, other 
you know, other content that they've read without sharing their opinion. Uh, you know, I don't think that adds a lot of value to the community. You're probably not going to wind up with, you know, a very good reputation or uh, a valuable brand as part of that. Yeah. Or the other thing that I do sometimes is I'll, I'll read a, you know, let's say a security article or something that's not in my field, read through it, and then come up with a question, and then tag some of your friends that you know that that's their area of expertise. You know, get two or three, you know, folks that you know are, you know, maybe security folks or ENS-focused folks, and that should hopefully start some type of conversation thread and, you know, being the self-centered, hey, I want to talk to lots of people, now you have a thread going with three or four people, and then all their people see it, and then more and more people get to see it. I mean, that's what you're really trying to do if you're like a social junkie like me. I mean, I referred to social as a drug at Cisco Live, which I got all kinds of interesting comments on that one and several other comments. But Lee Elvis certainly kept it in uh, theme. So Brandon had a question about photo sharing. Do you guys do it? I mean, how often are you sharing photos? And do you prefer to do photo sharing native within the app, or do you use Instagram? Um, and how, what kind of photos do you show and why, other than goats? Um, I've used Instagram a little bit, but really not, not that much. Mostly I'm just embedding pictures within Twitter. And usually it's around events that I'm going to, um, or to steal one from a Sylvia over in vCloud, I mean, Every selfie that you could potentially ever take obviously needs to be posted to Twitter. Um, but um, I mean, generally, it's you know people that I've you know I've met take the selfie, put that on, or um, you know some, something unique, um, maybe a slide or whatever, or just you know to prove hey I was there and hey or this is cool, so I thought I'd take a picture of it. Yeah. I, I like Dennis, I, I think, you know, at conferences or in different meetings, you know, if there's a, a visualization being shared, a, a slide or, um, you know, something on a whiteboard that, you know, I want to comment on um, or, you know, and share out via social media, um, I'll, I'll, tend to, I'll tend to do some of that. Um, I tend not to do too much uh, pictures of food that I'm eating or, or whatever, but, uh, I guess my food isn't as interesting as uh, other people's. Nice. So I think we're going to want to close out in a little bit, but I was kind of a last question is, have you had anything happen on social that has surprised you? And, you know, did you learn from it or were you just like, oh, interesting? Mark Benioff retweeted me and responded to my tweet. That surprised me. I was stoked. That's crazy. <laughs> that was I the mean, pinnacle. <laughs> so I'll I'll give my two cents on that. Um, so right, we we played around. We created this thing called Collab Goat, right? I mean, it was. I think it was a joke running in the in the Spark Room for a while, right? And then he got his own tw Twitter handle, which I'd like to just disavow any ideas that myself or Kim actually run CollabGoat's handle, because we don't. Um, but then CollabGoat, the last time I checked, ha after Cisco Live had over 100 followers. And um, we had uh, Jens Magers was tweeting about the CollabGoat prior to the keynote. Was he going to be in attendance? Because if, if he is, then it's going to be a party. Um, you know, some of those things, you know, I mean, when you start getting, you know, other people 
in different roles to start tweeting about some interesting things that you come up with. That's it's kind of interesting to see how that goes. Um, I'd say probably the interesting part was I turned on Twitter analytics, so I finally figured out how to do it um, after uh, Cisco Live, and I think it was the you know it'll show you you know number of times that your stuff has appeared different places, and I think I had like 250,000 things appearing on different people's walls. So that was kind of an interesting to see that reach and what you can actually do as one individual person, most notably a, a nerd who is an introvert. I have the power apparently. It's always surprising that uh, the people that follow you or, you know, uh, I think when you're just beginning this, you're always surprised that anybody would, would follow you on Twitter or comment on your blog. Um, and, you know, I think it's uh, both gratifying and, uh, you know, sometimes a little bit scary when you, you look at uh, some of those statistics of, uh, you know, uh, how much reach some of your content has had. It's pretty amazing. That's awesome. Um, so I thought the last one was the last question, but Steve is asking, does uh, anyone like to use TweetDeck? And then more, you know, expanded, do you have a social tool that you use to organize your footprint? Yeah, I tend to use uh, TweetDeck. I, I also like, um, you know, the, the, the Spark um, solution that uh, was uh, started up this year for the Cisco Champions channel. Uh, I know we didn't get a chance to talk about that, but, you know, I think that's an interesting trend as well, some of the, you know, the idea of having, um, you know, a private social media channel for, you know, a, a select group of like-minded like people. Um, you know, that's, that's also a good opportunity for maybe people that are comfortable uh, participating in the broader social media to, to get started. Um, in a more, uh, you know, in something they perceive to be a little bit safer. And I, I just tweet with the Twitter app. I um, that's all I use. And somehow my thumbs are still connected to my hand, so apparently we're still good to go. Ha! Well, that's pretty awesome. All right, so um, this has been actually very enlightening. Thank you, everyone, for the awesome. Season 3, Episode 20 of Cisco Champions Radio, Building Your Personal Brand with Social. Thank you, Ed and Dennis and Brad and everyone else who jumped in. And I am Lauren, and we had Kim. And I think we can end the recording. Thanks, everyone. Toodaloo. Oh, and see you next week on Cisco Champions Radio. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.